The John Morris Show, episode 133. The John Morris Show. Your life on code. Ladies and gentlemen, John Morris. Hey everybody, welcome back to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. This episode got a got a special one for you. We're going to kind of change things up just a touch. Normally I do the kind of topic-focused podcasts or episodes. This one, I'm actually going to go through your comments that I've gotten primarily on YouTube, some from email, etc., and just respond to the different comments that that I've gotten over there uh, because I, I find they're fairly interesting. And there's a there's some of them that have a lot of good questions in them as well. So if you've asked me a question somewhere out there on the web, there's a good chance that I'm going to go through it here uh, and cover it. And hopefully you'll get to see some of the interesting stuff that you might encounter as you put yourself out there as a coder, content creator, etc., and 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 really go for this kind of this this career in this industry. So it should be a fun episode. Before I do that, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, an email I sent out the other day to my newsletter. Now, if you're not on my newsletter, you can go to johnmorrisonline.com right at the top. You'll see a sign-up form for the newsletter. I send out daily emails that include tips and, and and information on your career or PHP. I notify you of all the different videos and stuff that I put out there, etc. So uh, that's my really my primary place communicating with you. Again, that goes out pretty much every single day and has a lot of information that I really don't include in YouTube or the podcast, etc. So again, johnmorrisonline.com there. But I sent this this email out the other day and the title of it was, look bud, this coding thing ain't for you. Now, if you know me, if you've been around for a while, you know that I can't stand the word bud. Uh, I, I don't know what it is. I must have been called that as a kid in some derogatory way, but I really can't stand that word. And so I used it because... Uh, I was referencing uh, a comment that I got that I just uh, I can't understand people's thinking with this stuff. So let me let me go through this. I want to go through this with you because I think there's something important here, uh, an important lesson in terms of mindset and so forth. So I got this comment on YouTube. The comment said, "A 19-minute video and a static image. I guess your audience is old. Oh no, they are dead because only dead people watch a video." parentheses clue one and videos in all caps only dead people watch a video that has one image i believe your advice is good presentation is well not really a good presentation look the thing about this is if you need a bunch of fancy pictures or some pretty face flashing across your screen in order for you to pay attention and learn then this coding thing probably isn't for you. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the value of presentation, but that's really from my end. Right? Putting together a, a, a good flashy presentation is really only to my benefit. Now, there's probably something that you could say here and there about if you watch it in presentation form and so forth, that you may be more likely to retain it or whatever. But that's that's not what this comment is getting at. This comment is, uh, he actually says in the comment, I believe your advice is good. That's all that should matter, right? 
What should matter is the information that you got from it as a viewer. Again, I'm not trying to excuse myself here. I'm really not. I do do videos with presentations and do talking head videos and so forth. But if you think that there's a ton more actual value that's going to help you as the watcher or the listener in, in me getting in front of a camera and, and saying the exact same information that I would if I just got on the microphone and didn't have a, a video to go along with it, that talking head versus just the audio, if you think there's just a ton more value that you're going to get out of that video versus the audio, you're you're way off base. And this really goes to something that I see a lot that I it's actually a comment I get quite a bit which is people say something like boring or or whatever they'll say you know this is good information but it really is really hard to get through etc cetera, etc. Cetera. You know what else is hard to get through? The PHP manual or the HTML specification or the CSS specification or writing your own code. Like this isn't an industry where it it's okay to <laughs> to think that you're not going to be bored at some point. That's not what we do. So, if you're having trouble getting through a 19-minute presentation because it doesn't have a bunch of flashy flashy pictures or a pretty face on it, I'm sorry, but I don't know what to tell you. You know, I, I'm not here to entertain you. Now, I do try to inject a little bit of entertainment into what I do, but that's for my benefit, really. You as the listener or the watcher should care less. It should be about the information. Not everything you do as a coder is going to be fun or entertaining or super interesting. Coding takes discipline and persistence. And if this is the career that you really want, it won't matter. I'm sure McDonald's has some pretty training videos. I'm sure they have some pretty faces on their videos. I'm sure they have some flashy photography or transitions or whatever in their training videos. So if that's what you really need, then hey, by all means, put your application in there. But for the rest of you who understand how stupid this kind of comment is, who have the discipline, the work ethic, the persistence, and aren't some five-year-old who needs constantly entertained, then I encourage you go, to go to johnmorrisonline.com php and enroll in my PHP 101 course. No, it's not going to be some fancy, entertaining Hollywood production, although I think the production value is pretty good. You can see all the code, the audio is good, etc. But there's not a bunch of flashy dancing and all sorts of crazy stuff, but you are going to learn PHP really well, and that should be all that matters. So again, johnmorrisonline.com slash PHP. In my mind, it's the way out for serious coders. But I apologize, there are no cartoons in it. 
All right, coming up, we're going to get into the YouTube comments. I'm going to go through <laughs> this list of comments here and just address each one. I haven't looked at these yet. I'm going to open it up uh, right before I jump back on. I got to take a break, but we'll get into those when we get back. You're listening to John Moore Show on johnmorrisonline.com. You know, one of the big mistakes that I see a lot of developers make is they make learning how to code much harder than it has to be. For example, I see a lot of developers who think the list of skills that they need to learn to master PHP is pages and pages and pages long. It's not. Now, I've said this before, and I will definitely say it again, but there's a foundational set of skills that you need to learn in order to be functional as a PHP developer, meaning that you can execute on projects and get paid. This is the fallacy that is so prevalent in the PHP developer community, that there's this ideal set of skills that you have to learn and that you have to be the absolute greatest developer in the history of mankind in order to be able to get paid to code. You don't. You simply need to be able to execute on projects. I talk about end results all the time. You need to be able to deliver end results to clients. Because that's ultimately what they want. But when you focus on these found foundational skills and learning only those first, the things that will allow you to execute on projects, what you realize is that you can start getting paid to code much faster than you probably ever thought because you haven't set this idealistic, unattainable bar for yourself to reach before you allow yourself to take paid work. You can start now when you can execute on a deliverable, when you can complete a, a single project, when you can create a contact form or a business website. When you can execute on that, you can start. And you can start then building the life that you wanted that you got into this all for the, in the first place. Instead of continuing to slave away at some job making somebody else rich. Anyway, you can learn these skills in my free course, The Beginner's Guide to PHP, which you can enroll in at johnmorrisonline.com slash learn PHP. And it's going to teach you these foundational skills so you can get started right now. Again. It's a completely free course that you can take at johnmorrisonline.com slash learnphp. Don't wait on this. Head over there right now and get started building that life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the John Morris Show, johnmorrisonline.com. All right, we're going to get into these YouTube comments. And I'm, I, I'm, I've opened it. I'm not looking at any of these in advance. I'm just going to go through these just one by one and, 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 and address these and try to hit as many as I can. All right. All right. So the first one from Joel Adia says, you're so awesome, John. Thanks, man. Hey, appreciate that. Ivan Stuff 62. It is for a passion project. Don't really know what that means. Joffrey Curry. Thank you very much, John. Yusuf Yusuf. Thank you, Mr. John. Appreciate all the thank yous. Hello, John uh, from Raul Argawal. I, I hope I said that right. Hello, John. Can you please tell me how to add refer and earn feature in a website using PHP MySQL? Well, obviously, that's something that's 
far beyond what uh, I'm going to be doing in an audio podcast, but refer and earn, I would assume you're referring to some sort of affiliate type program, uh, some sort of affiliate type setup. Uh, You know, first off, there's a lot of services out there that'll do this for you. So it depends what you're after. If you're just looking for one for you to use, then I would just probably go with what's already out there. There've been there's been affiliate programs around since I mean the almost the beginning of the internet. So these things are very, very highly developed, very, very advanced, and there's a ton of them out there, a ton of options for you to use if you, you just want one to use. Um so that's obviously probably the best route. If you're looking to build one, you want to kind of get into this industry or you just want to learn how it's done. Uh Again, going into a full tutorial is beyond the scope here, but I could tell you that the the two thing the thing really that is the most important is the tracking, and so a lot of the way a lot of them do it is they use cookies. So when you l- click through on an affiliate link, you'll be taken to, let's say, example, Infusionsoft as an example. They have an affiliate program integrated into their shopping cart. So when you click on one of the affiliate links that they generate, you're actually taken to a page on Infusionsoft where a cookie is dropped and then you're redirected to whatever page the 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 person who's running the affiliate program wants you to go to, the sales page of the product usually or maybe some sort of opt-in. And so that tracking of knowing who was the affiliate that that cookie is basically going to have information about the affiliate that referred uh, the person that that that's actually doing the visit, and so you're going to store that information. And if a purchase is made, then you're going to have that affiliate information that you're going to grab from the cookie and track it. This is the most important thing. And so, cookies is one way, but people can clear cookies. I've I've heard people mention stuff related to IP, um, maybe using IP addresses in combination with cookies and so forth, but so there's a lots of different way, or there's not necessarily lots of different ways, but there's different ways that you can go about tracking. The thing is, is you want to try to kind of stack them and make sure that the person who actually referred uh, the the visitor over uh, gets credit, the the affiliate gets credit for for that purchase, because that's the most important thing when it comes to those these type of refer and earn or affiliate programs like this. All right, next one from Matthew Webley. Loving your tutorials, John. Thank you. Do you have any more in-depth regarding how and why you create methods this way? I get it all. I think you need to understand design concepts within development now. Just getting into object-oriented programming, great stuff. So this comment is from one of my original How to Create a Website template videos. And so talking about why it's done this way, you know, I think in the video I covered a little bit, but Templating like this is one of the first things that you can learn that is very, very powerful and can can get you work and, and so forth because uh, it's just such a powerful method of building websites. And it's it's almost it's it's so good that it's become really the default way that you do things. So if you look at a WordPress theme, for example, this is how they build it, creating a header file, a footer file, maybe a side sidebar file, and then using PHP includes to bring them in together. So the reason we do this this way is all of the principles that you hear, hear about. Don't repeat your code. 
uh, separation of concerns, et cetera, et cetera. So all of the, the principles that we try to implement throughout the rest of your code, creating a website template, that's why we, we do it this way. Uh, so again, that's why we, we use these uh, methods. Next one comes from Jason Cooksey. This is great. Thanks for taking time to show us these marketable skills. This is on the PHP calendar script uh, video. Again, if you haven't seen that tutorial, you can uh, johnmorrisonline.com slash YouTube and there's a, you'll see my PHP code snippets playlist and you should see the PHP calendar script in there. Go ahead and take a look at that, at that video because this is an example of something that's a marketable skill that really isn't that hard to learn. And in that video, I'll actually show you the source code for creating the core of what could be a calendar plugin, a calendar service, some sort of calendar application. And, and I, you know, you get the core code for actually creating the, the calendar and then you can expand on it how you want for whatever project you're working on. But this is something, I mean, there's a plugin with several hundred thousand views. There's all sorts of services and so forth. So very, very powerful stuff. Next is from Ankit Aria says, thanks, John, it was helpful. And you've got one more subscriber. I appreciate that. From ASDFGHJKL, interesting name. Uh, it says, yes, PHP and WordPress are heavily used and are very useful for getting an income. Uh, this is on the Is PHP Dead video over on YouTube. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously these skills are marketable. And, I, I you know, I get a lot of... It's funny because whenever I do videos like that, or I talk about WordPress or PHP, there's always somebody that comes in and is like, ha ha, WordPress is for losers or PHP is for losers, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, PHP has 82 some odd percent market share. WordPress powers 26% of all websites. It's to not know how to use PHP and WordPress in my mind is silly. There's a fine line between what's the best language or tool or whatever versus what's popular and and what skills are marketable for me in my career. So I think someone who completely disregards PHP and WordPress and says, oh, those are for, those are for beginner code or those are for noobs or loser coders and just totally i think <laughs> i think they're really taking a risk by pigeonholing them into something else uh where those when those two things have so much more market share uh a lot of the opportunity that you're going to have is going to be there and who knows you know, something like node.js 5 or 10 years from now could be almost non-existent and if that's all you know or that's what you've like baked your career, banked your career on then you could be in a lot of trouble. So uh, I think they're good skills to know. I'm, I've never said don't learn the other stuff. I, I've never said you shouldn't learn Node or Ruby or Python or whatever. I've never said you shouldn't learn those things. I've oh Well, my point has always been PHP and WordPress should be a part of what you learn, and they probably should be the first things that you learn simply because they're the most marketable skills. And if you want to quickly get into this kind of career, then they're probably the fastest way to do that. All right, next is Jerry Ponce says, thank you for sharing variable life, very, very valuable life lesson. Appreciate that. Isaac Calvo, hashtag John Morris at speed times two. I think this is another... The, oh, I'm so bored listening to you type uh, 
type comment, whatever, dude, like <laughs> if you need entertained, uh, I don't know what to tell you. This might not be, be for you. All right. Baseball runner 76. Sometimes I wish step two is the only one required to succeed. So this is on the five stages of coding career success. Step number two, step number one is discovering your passion. Step number two is mastering your craft. And then the last few steps get into actually kind of marketing yourself. And like he says that he wishes step two was the only one required to succeed. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if you wish that, right? Because if the only thing that mattered was how talented or skilled you are, you, you might not like where you end up on, on that, on that list, on that hierarchy of skilled coders. Uh, you know, there's people who've been doing this for decades and decades longer, uh, and maybe you're one of those people and maybe that's why, but, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if, 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 if that would necessarily be what you actually want. Sometimes you have to be careful what you wish for. Be glad that there's some wiggle room and that you can use marketing and, and content and just being a good person to, to also get work. I, I, I think you might want to re, maybe reconsider that. But regardless, the truth is, the reality is, step two isn't all there is. Like, I, I don't get caught up too much in begrudging that talent isn't all that matters, right? It's, it's a waste of, it's just a waste of time and energy to sit here and lament, oh, I wish all that mattered was talent. Well, it's not. It's not, and it's not in almost anything that you might do. Name me, name me an industry where talent is all that matters. That you can show up late all the time. You can be just a bear to work with. That you, you know, can be someone who's just completely unreliable, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Don't you lie and you don't do what you say you're going to do. Show me something where you can do all that, and it doesn't matter. That talent is all that matters. Maybe sports. But even then, you know, <laughs> coaches aren't going to work with you, want to work with you, teammates. I mean, you, you see this this happen with a, a guy like Ocho Cinco or Terrell Owens, Those are two guys who were kind of historically hard to hard. They were teammates that were hard to be around and their careers ended shorter, ended sooner than they probably would have. Otherwise, they probably would have been able to kept playing longer if they weren't such a pain in the butt to work with. So there's very few things that you can get into where talent is all that really matters. So uh, regardless of whether you lamented or not, and whether you would really want that or not, the reality is it's not all that matters. And so you, know, you, you have to just accept that and understand you're going to have to market yourself some. And I think we should be glad for that because there's a lot of really skilled people out there who are complete dirtbags. And I wouldn't want them to to be the ones having the most success. Uh, I I'm glad that there's <laughs> there's a thought to honesty and not being a dirtbag that that goes into hiring coders. All right, next comment is from G Jesus Yebra or Jesus Yebra depends on how how you pronounce that. What do you think about PHP Mailer? And so this is in. Uh, referring to contact form tutorial that I did. I don't, honestly, I don't really have an opinion. Um, PHP mailer, I think is like a class that's out there. 
Um, and I, like I said, I, it's not something I've really ever worked a ton with, so I don't really have an opinion. Sorry about that. All right. <clears throat> Al, Alba Tensor. I, I know it's not dead, but like Java, I wish it was dead. Re- referencing PHP, this is on my Is PHP Dead video. Again, you know, this is one of those things where it's it's <laughs> some you, hype, being hyper focused on the actual the the language itself and, and kind of I'll give you credit because you say I know it's not dead, but like Java, I wish it was again, it's kind of like the comment before. I don't know. Really? I mean, is it is it really that bad? And, you know, is it, I actually think PHP has driven a lot of innovation on the web. It may not be the, the best language, the most strict language, etc., but it has driven a lot of innovation along the way. It's caused a lot of problems, but I don't know if a world with that, where PHP never existed an alternate timeline to use <laughs> flash language. I don't know if that timeline without PHP would necessarily be a better one. So um, I mean, at the end of the day, you can wish all you want. It's not. So <laughs> we just got to keep going. All right. Next one is uh, actually the next comment is the one I referenced earlier from Jay English about a 19 minute video on a static image. So I've already, I've already addressed that one. So we'll move on from that one. Next one is from Soban Farouk. It says, I agree totally, John. I've gone into the second semester computer science recently and I've learned web designing and PHP and SQL myself. I'm creating social network as a learning project, but I've gotten stuck and now I'm procrastinating. I want to learn and make money, but I keep going into obstacles. My brother's also doing computer science, but he's busy in projects, so I can't get much help. What should I do? I'm just procrastinating and can't learn. I've downloaded many time management apps, but I keep going back to play CSGO. Laugh out loud. Okay. So first off, I don't know about the laugh out loud part. And yes, I'm going to be a little hard on you, but it's really not that funny, right? I mean, think about it. This is this is this thing that I want really, really bad. And I've been trying all this stuff and I've been struggling and I just go back to playing games. Ha 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 ha. It's not funny. I mean, this is your life. And so... What's the solution to not procrastinating? Well, the first step is taking a little more serious. I know I sound like that old get off my grass old man, right? But it's true. Like that stuff is cliche because in a lot of ways it's true. So the first thing is to start taking it more serious. That... If you're if you're trying to chase this thing and you're having problems and you're just procrastinating and putting it off, that's a problem. And the first thing that I would really question is is this really what you want to do? A lot of procrastination comes from people being in areas where they they really don't want to be. They just think that's where they should go. Maybe they grew up and they were into technology so people always told them, "Oh, you should be you should be a technology person." So get into technology. And so they did it and now they're in it and they're like, I don't really like this. Or they look at it and say, this is the future. I need to be involved with this and somehow. And they get into it and like, eh, I don't really like this. A lot of procrastination comes from you being in the wrong industry or, or pursuing the wrong career. Now, 
maybe that's not the case for you. And if that's not the case for you, you know this is really what you want. Look, the solution to procrastination, I always say this about uh, exercise. I, <laughs> I, My wife gets tired of, of me saying this when it comes to exercise. She gets a little annoyed. But I always say if the 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 first step that you have in mind, your your solution to your diet and exercise problems is to go buy some new piece of equipment, then you're you're never it's never gonna happen. Right? If you've if you've identified this shiny object as as my way out, it's not gonna happen because it's not the way out. The way out is self-discipline, right? It doesn't matter what piece of equipment you have if you don't use it. It doesn't matter what you've written down as your fancy diet plan if you don't actually stick to it. It doesn't matter what this new genius uh, workout routine is if you don't actually do it. So what what's, what's at the core of everything with this kind of stuff is self-discipline. It's the same with coding. You can download all the time management apps. See, people use not having enough time as an excuse, right? You're procrastinating and downloading a time management app as the solution. Again, I'm not trying to be super hard on you, but I want to really dig into this. It's not that you don't have enough time. It's that you're not using the time you have. A time management app isn't going to do anything for that. Some procrastination app isn't going to really do anything for that. It's self-discipline. And at the end of the day, that is just a choice, right? You're, you're, you're not a, you know, we're not dogs. We're not, we're not animals. We have to make choices. Our survival depends upon us making the right choices. And we have to just, we have to make them. There's no secret to, to, making choices that are hard choices and, and somehow making it easier. If you listen to a, a lot of the really, really successful people, they don't talk about this time management app or they don't talk about the secret they learned or whatever. What they talk about is one day I just decided. I woke up and I was tired of where I was and I just decided and I've just gr- just grinded and put in the work to get where I'm at. That's most often what you're going to hear. So it's just a series of hard choices that you have to make. So the solution to procrastination, A, make sure that you're in the right industry, right? Because if you are and you're doing something that you really love, like it's not hard for me to to jump on the, the, the this microphone and do these podcasts. I love doing this. So there's not, oh, I got to do a podcast. There's none of that. But even if there was, right, then the second step is I'm going to do it anyway. So, again, there's there's no magic secret. It's at the end of the day, it comes down to just discipline and perseverance. And actually, Jake Stewart replied to that comment and said, you just have to do it and persevere until you get it done. Exactly right. He summed it up in the <laughs> in one sentence. That's exactly the answer. All right, next from John Doe. Thanks, great video. Nova Gaming slash tutorial. I'm currently trying to learn PHP. Would this tutorial work with that? Uh, this is a how PHP works tutorial. The short answer is no. Um, you know, it, 
those are some of the tutorials I have are obviously older tutorials since I've been on YouTube since about 2009. So uh, I have all this stuff updated in my PHP 101 course. All right. Hey, John, this is something awesome I watched today. I recently learned PHP language in order to get in the right direction. What should I learn more like which framework CSS or you should learn Node.js in instead or AngularJS, etc. Need some guidance because lots of people around me used to talk like PHP have no market value and it has no future. So in future perspective, what steps should I take to improve my coding career? I'm so confused. Need some expert advice. A, stop listening to those people because just you, you have to, you, you really have to look at the, the, the market and the trend yourself. This is one of the things I talk about all the time, right? We talked about earlier about how, uh, just mastering your craft, just learning and being really good uh, at coding isn't enough that you have to do these other things. Well, one of the other things is you have to pay attention to the landscape, the industry landscape and what's happening and where things are going and so forth. And you have to watch it yourself. You can take input from other people, but if you're like buying wholesale into what somebody else says, then uh, you I think you're on the wrong path because they could have all sorts of reasons why they think that or some sort of agenda that could be just totally they could be totally misled or or you know being totally dishonest or just confused themselves so you have to watch the landscape and it's less a, for me I pay much less attention to what people say and more to what is actually happening so for example they are telling you PHP has no future. Based on what? What is that based on? Because there's a few startups in Silicon Valley that think uh, PHP is so tacky and we never use PHP. Guess what? Most of the rest of the world could care less about Silicon Valley and what they think or these big tech companies and what they do or, do or think. Yes, we pay attention to them, but Bob's Auto Shop down the road who... Can, has a WordPress site could really care less what some 20 year old startup founder in Silicon Valley thinks. So again, they say it has no future. I would say based on what, because all the statistics point to the opposite. I mentioned this earlier. PHP has 82% market share. WordPress, which is built with PHP has powers 26% of all websites. Not 26% of CMSs. It's, the market share is much higher there. It's 26% of all websites and looks to be growing. So the future, if you're reading what we're seeing now, actually seems to be even brighter for PHP. Now, again, that can all change and you got to pay attention, but and statistics certainly isn't the only thing to look at, but they'll, what these people will tell you is like, oh, well, you know, I can just see what's happening. I can see the way these tech companies and people are talking about PHP, et cetera. Again, you can listen to some of that, but when it completely contradicts what's actually happening, then you might look at them and say, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And, and that would be, <laughs> my inclination here. Again, I'm not saying don't learn Node or don't learn Angular. I'm not saying that those things may not become 
They may not completely dominate and eradicate and PHP goes by the waste. I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm saying what evidence are you looking at right now to say that that's coming anytime soon? Because there's none out there. Uh, if you if you really want to go through it in depth, go to watch my Is PHP Dead video or listen to that podcast because I go into the arguments that they make and cover the statistics and the different indexes and so forth and I think do a pretty thorough job of showing that there's really no argument that you can make right now based off of any objective data to say that PHP has no future. So, in terms of languages and CMSs and frameworks, same thing that I'll always, I've always said. I would learn PHP and WordPress first. Those are going to be your most marketable skills. Then the other stuff, if you want to get into it, then get into it. If you want to learn Node, learn Node. That's fine. But I don't think that should be the first thing that you learn. That's my opinion. And I think it's clear that that shouldn't be the only thing that you learn. Because I think that's just silly. Now, following up from that, uh, next comment says, every time I go on a job search for the European market, PHP is still strong. Exactly. It's very strong. Next one comes from Dawn of the Dead 991. You have to use a monitor with black font and white background, not some bogus Linux or Max editor. Okay. I mean, that's your preference. I'm sure there's plenty of other people that have a preference otherwise. I actually prefer the darker background with the lighter text for the coding tutorial. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. All right. Hi, can you help me this post? I need your help. This is referencing a Stack Overflow uh, question. I'm actually not going to click over there. I don't really have time for that in this. So we'll kind of skip that one. The thing you said regarding, this is from Vedant Chirage. <laughs> I totally butchered that. So the thing you said regarding the cliche frameworks that pains the clients like a sore thumb, well, your video framework pained me the same. <laughs> I don't, honestly, I don't even know. I'm not even sure what the insult is. I, I, I think there's an insult in there somewhere, but uh, when you can't communicate it very well, then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Your video framework pained me the same. What was my video framework? I uploaded this on YouTube the video itself, like the the parts of the, if you're going to insult me, like you got to step up your game, bud. All right. Next one's from Matthew Webley says, hi, John, another great video. So where a category has several parent categories, it will only have one parent in the DB. Does that make sense? So this is on how to structure your, uh, your database for maximum fl flexibility and scalability. So Again, where a category has several parent categories, it will only have one parent in the DB. Look, this gets, honestly, this is where the stuff, <laughs> If you, for example, if you've worked with WordPress and you've worked with, um, you know, you've, you've worked with their, their category, their taxonomy framework, it can start, your, your head can start to hurt a little bit because of the, the way that it, you know, attack a category is a taxonomy. So you can create custom taxonomies and then you have terms within each taxonomy. So each category is actually a term, et cetera. And, and starting to lay all of that out together can be a little daunting. I'll say this, that the base of it is again, very, very simple. So 
Um, the relationships table is the way through that. And then you can characterize the relationships, right? So let's say you have a post to category relationship. Well, you know, you, when you're, 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 your relationships table are essentially your post ID and your category ID or your taxonomy term ID. <laughs> if you're using WordPress, and trust me, if you haven't looked at it yet, it starts to get a little confusing. Your head starts to hurt a little bit, but, um, you could have your, we'll just keep it post and category. You have your post ID and your category ID, and you just have a, you just literally have a record that has post ID and category ID, and they're, that ties them together. So you know which, you know, category or which post belongs to what category. So if you want to create a hierarchy, then it's a similar type of thing. Uh, my hunch off the top of my head is that the way to do it would be you have a, you know, a category relationships table. So the way categories are related to one another. And then you have two categories, uh, two category ID uh, fields. And, you know, one is parent category, one's child category, something like that. Um, again, that would be my hunch about the way to do it. The reason being is because you really want to make it as modular as possible. So, you know, maybe a particular category is the child of several different categories and you want that functionality. Well, you need a really, really flexible database structure in order to do that. And that's where that relationships table comes in. May need to get a little bit more uh, complex than that. I'm kind of going off the top of my head here. I'd have to sit down and actually think about it. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, 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 you could set it up so that it only has one parent. You might be able to set it up to where it has multiple. Um, I'm thinking, I think, for example, WordPress has it where it can only be a child of one category. Right, so then that makes the 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 database setup just a lot simpler. All right, next one comes from Iga Roham says, "Thank you, you're really you're really really helped me." Yep, no problem. Appreciate that. Uh, Rain Westry definitely going to try this proposal. Sounds good. James Hickman, please encourage new PHP programmers to learn how to do secure SQL statements and a basic ORM. Learning the language is good. Basic security patterns are just as important. I actually sent an email out about this comment the other day uh, in my newsletter. And I, so I fully admit that it's possible that I misread these things sometimes, but I get a lot of comments like this. And usually when I respond, I tend to be right in my reading of this because this comment comes off as simple, but Oftentimes, it's it's one of these know-it-alls coming in and saying, basically saying, make sure and talk about this. You didn't talk about blah, 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 blah. And like trying to pontificate a little bit about uh, what I should have covered that I didn't cover. I can't believe you're an idiot. You didn't cover this, that, the other. And like I said in the email, you just, you got to annoy or you got to ignore these people. Right? You're going to have these people, everything that you do. If you put yourself out as a freelancer, you're going to have clients like this. You're going to have other coders who see your stuff and, and are going to be like this. If you're working somewhere, you're going to have coworkers. You're going to have a boss. In our industry, these these people are everywhere. These know-it-alls that love to try and show off how smart they are by putting down other people or attacking other people. right? So you just can't let it get to you. I get these all the time. I get them probably more in my 
email inbox than I do over on YouTube because people are a little more hesitant to be complete jackholes over on YouTube. But uh, you just, I mean, if I if I let these kind of things get to me, I'd <laughs> like I'd stop doing what I'm doing right now. So uh, while the the tenets of the comment are probably true, I get the sense when I read it that there's more to it. Like there's an idiot in there somewhere. Like there, uh, he didn't write it, but I know that there's an implied idiot in there somewhere. Now, if I'm misreading that, then I'll 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 take the hit on that. Apologize for that, but I don't know. I don't I don't think that I am. All right, next one. I use PHP to get people to sign up in my website. Again, on the is PHP dead video. That's good. I assume that means you're using PHP to process it. Uh, in the back end, which again, exactly what it's for. All right, another one from Wayne Rain Westry says, I've been studying responsive web design, basically HTML and CSS. Now I'm studying JavaScript, but how do I find work on the freelance sites to fit me? Every time I search, I usually find over the top jobs only. All right, so if you go to uh, johnmorrisonline.com, this is kind of a convoluted URL, but johnmorrisonline.com slash bridges slash freelance masterclass, then what you're going to find there is you're going to find a video I did where I actually show you how to go on Upwork. And you can really do this with any freelance site. Most of them have very, very similar tools. But I show you, I walk you through right on the screen going to Upwork and showing you how I search for jobs. And in that video, I talk about the the circular approach, the circle out approach that I take. And so you start with the most highly related best jobs and see how like what's going to be like the perfect job for you and see how many are there, apply for those. And then if you don't get any of those, you circle out, you make your circle a little bit bigger, a little bit less ideal of a project, but hey, you need the work, so, and you circle out. And if you do that, you almost always will find a job or get hired for a job uh, before you have to get out into this really expansive circle of just terrible things that you never want to do in your life, right? So again, you want to watch that video, johnmorrisonline.com slash bridges slash freelance masterclass, all one, all ran together. And Again, I show you exactly how to search on Upwork, what what settings to set. There's a lot of advanced tools for, for searching on these freelance sites, and you really want to hone in to the most ideal stuff first. And if you can't get that, then slowly circle out. But what I find most people tend to do uh, is they tend to actually start really wide. They want to get, they want to apply for a bunch of jobs. And so they cast a really wide net first and they end up getting hired for the thing that they really didn't want to get hired for and they didn't spend enough time on the 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 most important ones or the most ideal ones and so they often didn't get hired for those you shouldn't treat a job let's say for example you do a search and you find let's say you're a wordpress expert and you do you search the way i i tell you to and you find a wordpress project um, and it's doing themes, which you specialize in, and it's a, you know, $5,000 budget, which is what you're looking for. And it's a client who has, you know, has a long, extensive history, has a bunch of really high ratings, etc. Right? 
you shouldn't teach you shouldn't treat that project as the same as a project that you know you're doing wordpress but it's not a wordpress project it's a php it's got a hundred dollar budget and they want you to create a social network from scratch you shouldn't bid on those two jobs exactly the same you should spend much more time on the first one that's much more related and a better job or better project than the other one but what so many people often so many people do is they just want to apply like i'm going to apply for 10 projects today and they spend the exact same amount on each one you shouldn't do that it's okay to say i'm going to apply for 10 projects today but it should be i'm going to start with the two most important ones i'm going to spend three quarters of the day on those two and then i'm going to apply for eight others that are maybe less related and see what happens so Again, I show you how to do that. I show you exactly what to click and where to go to be able to search and then s- slowly circle out. When you do that, I, I think it it's 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 difficult. It's not, I'm not going to say it never happened to me where I took a job where I really didn't want to take, but I just had to. But you you get a lot better at finding the best jobs and getting hired for those jobs, and over time be able to kind of get those on a consistent basis as opposed to the ones that you really, 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 really hate. You know, another simple thing is you can look at, for the projects you bid on, you can look at the history of the client. So, and you can actually filter. So you don't even have to see certain, like I, when I go on Upwork, I always make sure at the bare minimum and I start, t- I start more than this, but at the bare minimum, a client has to have at least one completed project. If they don't have one completed project, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to bother because that's where you get all the riffraff. That's where you get all the junk projects and clients that don't know what really get into. If they have at least one completed project and you know they've at least hired somebody and paid the money and so forth. And you can look what the ratings were and so forth and and how much was spent, et cetera. So you can, you can look, you can actually analyze the client and that's what you should do. You should analyze the client, not just have them analyze you. All right, next one. Let's see. Tembela Mazongla. Thanks for the hookup. No problem. Slay Konguli. Thanks for the facts. Um, Let's see. Uh, this one says, John, what is better, PHP or Node.js? PHP is still good, but I like to use one language for front end and back back end. So I personally prefer that. And so uh, again, I've we've ran into this a couple times, but I'll I'll go through this kind of again. I've talked about it a lot, but and I commented here, but I uh, again, I think objectively between PHP and Node.js. It's probably hard to know. Every language has advantages and disadvantages. So Node.js has advantages, it has disadvantages. PHP has advantages and disadvantages. And so when looking at them, you have to weigh those both. And it, uh, it really ultimately, in my mind, comes down to what what's the project? Right? Different projects are going to fit better with different languages and frameworks and so forth. So... Uh, Again, it just, it depends. I don't think you can objectively say, and and really Node.js is like a framework and PHP is a language. It's not necessarily an apples to apples uh, comparison. So again, objectively, it's hard to know. But first off, personal preference is a big factor. 
right? You should work with the stuff that you like working with first and foremost. So if you like using one language for front end and back end, so I personally prefer that, and you think Node.js is your solution there, then by all means, you know, if that's what you prefer, that's probably one of the most important factors is your own preference. But I also always look at the job market too. Like I say, always looking at the industry, trying to read the industry, see where things are headed so I can adjust, I can react and so forth. And so right now, you'll probably make more with Node.js because it's really kind of a more specialized skill. There's not nearly as many people uh, doing it. So there's not nearly as many people who know it. And so when someone really needs someone that knows that, they're probably going to, they know they're probably going to have to pay more. So probably make more with Node.js, but it's probably also going to be able, be harder to find a job and consistent work and so forth because the market's just not as big. So with PHP, on average, you're probably not going to make as much, but there's also, on average, going to be a lot more opportunity and a lot more work available. So you just have to decide what matters to you. Do you want to go for a higher paying job and and so learn Node.js and maybe t- run the risk of striking out and not getting hired for anything? Or do you want to make sure you get hired and you want to have or at least have the, the largest opportunity or the best opportunity of getting hired? Well, then PHP might be the way to go. As I always say, there's no reason you can't do both. So... You know, you can learn both and 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 learn what situations work best for both. I still, at this point in time, learning PHP and WordPress, I still believe is needs to be in your toolkit. Needs to be something that you know how to do because that's just where most of the stuff happening is at or where the, where the largest market share is at. There's a lot, there's certain industries you can get into. I've had people comment this before. There's certain segments and industries that you get into where PHP and WordPress are non-existent. I I totally understand that. And if you want to go that route and in those industries, then okay. But overall, that's still where the most opportunity is. All right. So we're pushing about, I'm getting close to pushing an hour here. I've gone through a ton of comments Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Hopefully you learned a little bit along the way there. It's kind of fun just answering these off the top of my head. It's a bit of a challenge. Uh, So I I had fun with it. Hopefully you did too. And and again, you learned something. All right. If you like this episode, be sure to like it so that I know that you like this kind of content. If you know somebody who'd benefit from listening to this, I'd appreciate if you'd share it with them. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe. Again, these are the podcast only episodes I'm doing. You won't find these on YouTube only on your Android, iOS devices or on your desktop through SoundCloud. So you can go to johnmorrisonline.com slash Android to subscribe on your Android device, johnmorrisonline.com slash iTunes for your iOS device, and johnmorrisonline.com slash SoundCloud for desktop. It's got an iOS app and an Android app as well if you prefer that. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time.